Welcome back to yet another episode of the Marketing Breakthrough Podcast. In today's episode, you get to meet somebody that I believe you need to know. Her name is Erica Biddix, and she founded Ought Entrepreneurs. You'll hear the story behind that, but I believe that you need to know her because she is changing lives through female entrepreneurship. So whether you are a male or female entrepreneur, I believe that there is something valuable, something that can be learned from Erica's story. But more than anything, if you are a female entrepreneur, she is somebody that you need to know. She's incredible. She's fun. India and I have become great friends with her, worked with her in a variety of different capacities. So get ready as we dive in to this incredible episode. Entrepreneurs shouldn't be stuck. It's unnecessary. It's frustrating. And unfortunately, it's where most of us end up landing. Your business should serve you, your dreams, and the future you set out to create. So let's destroy the myth that you have to work 60, 80, or 120 hours a week in order to make your dreams a reality. I'm Jay. And I'm India. This is the Marketing Breakthrough Podcast. Let's Let's get get to it. it. So... Erica, thank you for joining us. So excited to get to talk to you formally. We met at a retreat in Snowbird, Utah, but will you tell us who you are? Yeah, he's not telling you we met at a retreat in Snowbird, Utah while eating copious amounts of candy. That was how we... (laughs) That is true. That was really what the connection was. (laughs) Um, And he said, my wife uh, loves this much candy too. So we all need to, we all just need to be friends. I was like, sounds Sounds good. But I'm Erica Biddix. I am an entrepreneur. Um, it took me a lot of years to realize that was how I should introduce myself. But I opened my first business in 2016, uh, Biddix Meetings and Events. Uh, I've got 20 plus years in that industry. And then in 2019, I opened what was then known as Girl Boss Offices. It was co-working for uh, female entrepreneurs. And it actually now is so much more and under a new um, name as well. So we changed names, we expanded our offerings, and now we're serving female entrepreneurs all over the world in a variety of ways that I know we'll get into. Yeah. And also I've got a husband and three kids and two dogs and a fish. (laughs) And a fish. I love that you point that out. I don't really do much to keep the fish alive, but I figure it's still under my purview. So and it's still alive. So I think that counts for something. So still kicking. Yeah. No, for today, <laughs> this minute. <laughs> so for those listening, Erica and I became almost instant friends because we realized that we had basically the same snacking routine and love snacks equally as much. And so anyway, that's how we all became friends. And I am just, I'm so excited to get to know more about, or for the listeners to get to know more about who Erica is. So Erica, I think we'll start with going into Ott Entrepreneurs. What does Ott provide? So Ott is on a mission to change lives in local communities through female entrepreneurship, right? That is the like 30 second elevator pitch. That is what we exist for. We are, we, we exist as a force for change, right? Um, in the world. What that means for us though is what we're doing today may not be what we're doing later. We have set up the company in such a way because of our name change and a whole bunch of background, but we've set the company up in such a way that what we're offering today 
is coaching, co-working, and community. But we could expand those offerings as female entrepreneurs need more. Uh, we may recognize that we've got an ability to serve students. We may you know, recognize we have an ability to serve a, a group we don't even know about right now. <clears throat> so, but at the end of the day, we're a community for female entrepreneurs um, to give those women community, to help them find a community, and then to support them in whatever it is that their business needs. So it's super important to us to meet the women where they're at and where they want to be. So if they're a woman who's running a small business that is legitimately small, like let's say she's a cookie maker and she sells a dozen cookies a week and that's where she wants to stay, then we're going to support her in selling a dozen cookies a week and telling her if she starts taking orders for 15 dozen cookies that just double check and you want to be doing that, right? But if she's a woman who's selling a dozen cookies a week and wants to open a brick and mortar and have cookie stands in every airport in the United States, then we're going to help her get to that point too. But we recognize that success is very different for every woman and for every business. That's incredible. Man, I love that. I love <laughs> the way that you just said that because it just puts a little bow on top and this little package and this is what it actually is. But as somebody who has been on the receiving end of how you have, you built up these communities. Like I'm a part of your Facebook community. I love just getting to know all the other women that, that are on there. And it's, community is a really big deal to us. And so to see that echoed somewhere else where it's specifically reaching after women. And I love that you're going after women that it doesn't matter how small or how big their business is or how big they want it to be. Because a lot of those itty bitty, teeny tiny businesses they are very successful, but people mm -hmm. want to keep them small. They want to keep them small. And that's, that's what makes them happy. And yeah. uh, a lot of businesses like coaching or community-based businesses, uh, they don't create space. They don't provide community for that small because they think, oh, they're just small fish. They don't matter, which is not true. Well, I think a lot of it comes from my personal experience. My father was a very successful entrepreneur. He passed away two years ago, um, but he took what my grandparents started as a tiny lunch counter. He was five years old when they, when they bought it and turned it into one of the premier live music venues in the United States. I see people pretty much everywhere I go wearing a shirt um, from my dad's business. But I will never forget that when he sat down with me, when I talked about opening my first business, and he told me, you know, there's some days I wish that I would have just kept it the, the one room that I'd never expanded it to an extra room and then another building. And, the, you know, it, some days I just wish I'd kind of left it as it was. And what that said to me and how I've taken that over the years is that a lot of us grow our businesses because we can. And the American idea of success tends to be very tied to financial you know, like how much money are you making, right? So if you're successful and you're making money, then the immediate next step for most of us is to try to make more money, right? Well, I started my first company because I was a meeting planner. I was traveling on a calendar on a schedule that wasn't mine. So I missed my daughter's first steps. I worked through my grandfather's entire funeral and I just wasn't able to be the kind of mom that I wanted to be while holding a job working for someone else doing that, that role. But as I found myself 
a few years in on owning my own meeting planning business, I had gotten more successful, which meant I was working more. So now I was doing the exact same thing. I was not spending the time with my family because I was being successful and I was trying to be more successful by making more money. So the last couple of years have given me the ability to look at that story from my dad and how I started my first business through a completely different lens. And that is how what Aught is teaching women was formed, was out of my own experience of doing it the way that was not the healthiest um, for me, for my family, for my business. And it's important to me that people understand they shouldn't do things the way I do things. But what they do need to do is define success for themselves and define their boundaries for themselves and then build their business within those two those two guardrails. And that's what we're helping them do is make those definitions and form those guardrails. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So how are you seeing the impact as your, as your goal impact to make on women is to help them form those guardrails and um, establish success in their business in whatever parameters they set? What is the impact and the outcome that you're seeing? That's kind of a model that we've just started talking about. What it's so impact wise, I don't have like long-term data, but what I can tell you is there's just an immediate relief that comes over somebody when you tell them like, it's fine. If you're, we talked about it today on one of my sessions, as a matter of fact, if your goal is to provide this service to children, like you, you want your business to have a volunteer component where you're providing this to children. If that's all you tell yourself, you're never going to feel good enough, right? Like if you're saying, I want to feed the homeless as part of my, my give back for my business. You're never going to feel like you're doing enough. But if you say my goal this year is to serve 10 children in this way, then when you hit those 10 children, you're going to feel like you've had success. You may do more. You can always do more, but you'll feel successful there. Or if you say, I want to feed a hundred families, you know, if you, if you're running, let's say the cookie business, right? I use cookies a lot. If you're running, <laughs> thing, I want to give my remaining inventory to the homeless. Okay. Again, you're it's, that's never going to be enough. But if you say, I want to be able to provide a hundred dozen cookies to the homeless over the course of a year, then you've suddenly set yourself up to be successful, you know, mm -hmm. measurable, so attainable goals. It's just well, amazing. And that's yeah. the thing though. I don't, I mean, listen, I've been raised on the smart goals. Like let's, you know, always, um, I'm married to a researcher. So quantitative and qualitative are like words that are <laughs> in my brain. But I also think that there is a, there doesn't always have to be a number on it. You know, there are th some things as entrepreneurs that we can just say, my version of success in this is going to be that I am happy or my version of success on this is going to be that my gut feels like I've made the right decision, you know, mm -hmm. but at the same time, my goal, my success goals say that I will pick my kids up three days a week at 3 PM. And that makes me a successful mom. Like that's under my my family impact success metrics. So I, again, I don't think, I just, I really believe that everybody can redefine or define everything for themselves and for their business. That's the freedom of being an entrepreneur that I don't think a lot of people recognize over mm -hmm. and above, like being able to take vacation, you know, whenever you want to. Absolutely. I get really, I get really up about this stuff, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you should. I think and that's something that we address too with our clients is the the topic of freedom because it's not something that is readily available if you're working a nine to five job 
and being able to help people establish that level of freedom within their lives is is so as cliche as it sounds freeing right is <laughs> yeah. we find that free freedom and and to do the things that we want to do and spend time with our families spend time with friends and being able to you know last minute take time off and um like you said you work through your grandfather's funeral and and so to be able to just say no i'm literally not working yeah, I'm I'm off right. I mean, we used to joke when I was fully employed that the only way, okay, so this is back before cell phones, y'all. <laughs> that the only way that you honestly didn't have to answer email was if you were on your honeymoon or out of the country. Like that was the only two ways you could take vacation and not actually still be engaged at work. Like that was the expectation. And even then, I guarantee you, not on my honeymoon, but when I was out of the country, I still like dialed up at the internet cafe um, and checked and checked email. Now, if I do that, it's because I'm choosing to do it. It's because I have structured that particular vacation around a certain thing happening at work. You know, if an opportunity arises that doesn't match my family's calendar for our annual trip to Missouri, then I just don't take that opportunity. But I didn't have that option when I was fully employed. So I think that's more with the freedom is that people talk a lot about, even though Instagram shows it as like, you know, sitting with the champagne on a yacht somewhere. I have never done that. Um, (laughs) That's what Instagram tells me it is. It's hard because you're also like Instagram is it's photo driven. So you're trying to take a picture. How do you take a picture of the fulfillment that you receive as an individual going to pick up your child at three o'clock, three times a week? Like that's, Um, that's not Instagram worthy. (laughs) I mean, listen, I've got the phone right here brand colors y'all um (laughs) what you'll see on mine is you'll see a picture of me with my family at disney world like that's every year we tend to go to disney world or universal it's like kind of a thing so when i was leaving the office it was a picture of last year's trip we were we were headed back to disney world and it was a picture of last year's trip that said heading out of the office to go spend time with my favorite favorite people bot is still here for you here's how you can still engage here's how you can contact any of our our team members. And then I I checked in on stories because during that trip, because that's important to me. That's how our message gets out. We don't do paid advertising. But during those check-ins, I was able to relate what was happening that I had not checked my email in four days. And like, here's the castle. How happy are we? (laughs) Right. But that's because my personal reason for being an entrepreneur is spending more time with my family. If that wasn't my message, then that if that wasn't my why that's not what I would be putting on Instagram. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that has to be driven by your why. And we're very meta because we are, we are the story of entrepreneurship. Ought is the story of a new company and growth and change and all the things that entrepreneurs go through. So I try really hard to kind of pull the curtain back and be super transparent about what's happening. And because that's what we are, I don't feel like we're giving a curated experience at all. Y'all actually got makeup and I blow dried my hair, but most of the time on stories, like the hair is up in a bun and I'm still in my workout clothes, you know, because that's who I am and that's how I run the company. Yeah. No, it makes sense. And, and I think it's, I love the authenticity and just the realness there of, Thanks, of, Jay. of yeah. <laughs> Appreciate so- that. Jay, I was actually very jealous of this. Jay got to meet you at the retreat, but I did not. And so my connection with you was actually rooted in this email that you sent out through Odd Entrepreneurs. And would you please tell us about 
your lessons learned from your ex-boyfriend. <laughs> We're going to call him Brad, y'all. I have to say that out loud because that is not his name, but got to protect the, got to protect the, you know, all the things, but it's really funny. Jay can tell you this, but there's a lot of stories in your life that you don't realize connect to where you are today. I'm very lucky because as someone who's working in a female entrepreneur space, I have a huge history of wonderful women who have gotten me to where I am today, just as a human. So I know those stories and I know those connections, but when I worked with someone to help make the connection to this terrible ex-boyfriend, I was like, that is gold. (laughs) That is is so valid. But I basically spent all of college with this guy, had full intent that we were going to get married. I didn't make that story up. Like he participated in those conversations. You know, there were going to be kids, It all the things, all the things. And in that email, there's a lot of like kind of silly red flags that popped up. Like his parents still had the eight by 10 picture of he and his girlfriend up in the, in the room, in the, the living room. The girlfriend that was not you. Yeah. The old girlfriend. Um, <laughs> yeah. That he took a job in another state without telling me till after it had, it had been done. That was cool. Um, he refused to tell me he loved me, like would say to me, like, I'm not going to tell you, I love you. Why? I thought so much of myself to marry someone like that. I don't, I will never, I will never know, but I was just always trying to make him happy. Right. And he wasn't, he wasn't a bad guy. He was just a terrible boyfriend. Like he was your typical, like 20 to 23 year old dude. Right. Like just not (laughs) very mature, but I, I wasn't there for it. I just, I had this whole future that we were going to go for. So I got in a terrible car accident far away from where we lived. And I had just moved to his city and I was partially paralyzed for a couple hours. Like I literally couldn't move, but this was pre nine 11. So I had a family friend in the city in new Orleans where I had gotten in the accident. She like loaded my drugged up self onto the airplane because she could walk me all the way to the gate. I still can't believe they let me on that, that plane. And then I had a stopover where my mom lived in Dallas. So my mom came to meet me and she was like, you're not going anywhere. You're coming home, coming home with me. So she put me in the bed and watched me all night long. I was 20, 23 probably. And just my mom just was like making sure I was good. And the next morning she was like, so do you want to stay here for a few days and recover? Or do you want to go back home where I had just moved? Like literally a couple of days before I left and went to New Orleans, got in the car accident. So of course I was like, oh, I'm going back to Brad. Like, obvious. (laughs) Obvious. I'm a much smarter woman now. And how my mom did not just like smack me upside the head. I have no idea. So I get there and he picks me up at the airport. I can't drive because I'm on heavy meds. I can't move my arm on the side of the body that I had, had hit the tree on and had been, you know, it just wasn't working. I couldn't open the pill bottle to take my pills. So he gets me home and I'm like, this is when our life begins. And he sits me down on the couch and then he dumps me. <laughs> He's like, this has been lovely. A lovely four years. I don't even think he said lovely. It, and it had been close to five years at that point. So it's been a long while. Um, He's like, this just isn't working for me. And then literally stood up and walked out the door of my apartment and just left me sitting there. Pretty well high as a kite on pain meds. <laughs> I couldn't like, chase after him because I couldn't get up off the couch. And I was like, well, this is a pickle. <laughs> what do I do now? You know, but that's the same attitude I brought into working for other people. 
but that that's how I did it work. I would just, I would, I didn't care how they treated me. I, if they said you need to stay till 10 o'clock tonight, I'd be like, okay, cool. Because they would be telling me, well, maybe there'll be a promotion for you down the road. Or, you know, I, do I need a vacation because I am mentally exhausted from just having done this like three week program? Yes, I need that. And they'd be like, we'll let you have vacation after Christmas. Like, okay, great. You know, let's do that again. And I just, I just kept taking it. And it's to the point with my grandfather's funeral to bring that back. My mom was like, what, what makes work so much more important than us? You know, my husband would say like, why didn't, why couldn't we get on the phone with the kids? Like, why is work so much more important? And I would always say, it's not, it's not more important. It's just the way it is. And it doesn't have to be that way. Y'all, you don't have to let Brad like dump you on the couch. Yeah, you don't have to. Was that a good, I don't know if I already told that properly. No, it's fantastic. It's such a great story. I, I feel slightly guilty of, for laughing, but it's hard not to laugh <laughs> no, you don't. at such a story. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's parts of me that- Thank you for laughing at my pain. But um, no, you know, what's funny is that's an example of not seeing what others see for you, right? So I'm, I'm going to guess, not knowing y'all's kind of origin story, but I'm going to guess someone told either one of you or both of you together, like y'all should do this as a business because they saw it for you, right? Like, I think a lot of entrepreneurs get that. But on the flip side, there's a lot of stuff in life that your friends also are like, you are not seeing this <laughs> properly. You're not, you're not reading this. So to this day, I'll say stuff to my mom about Brad. And she's like, I mean, I tried to tell you, like, I try, and I'm like, no, you didn't. I was like, oh, yes, yes, I did. You just weren't, you just weren't listening. Honestly, that ties very well into entrepreneurship because a lot of times before you jump and do it, you're just not listening. You're not listening to your gut telling you you should be doing it. You're not listening, you know, to your heart say that you've got something on it that it wants to work towards, or your current clients or your friends or your family saying this is how you should be showing up in the world. So, yeah, my mom was right. <laughs> no, I I just love that story so much because the connection between lessons from an ex-boyfriend and entrepreneurship itself, it's so true. And I mean, this is, I am someone who has sought validation all of my life. I've had a really hard time with that. And I used it with every job that I did. So I was either taken advantage of or just treated horribly. And the hard part is looking back on it now, I can't really be mad at those people at those, those managers or those leaders or whoever, because I did it to myself. And I realized, yes, they, they did do that. They used their, their power or whatever, their leadership over me to, you know, convince me with manipulative things or ways or whatever. But I also put myself in that position where I continuously said yes. And I said, okay, and just lessened my value along the way. And at some point I just decided that that, that was acceptable and it, it never was. And never. so, and that's, we're not trained to say like, you know what? I appreciate that you need my expertise in this, or you need extra time from me for this, but mm-hmm. which is what I say as a, as an entrepreneur now, but that is something that's going to take away from my family. So I need to speak with my husband about whether or not that works with our calendar, Mm -hmm. or if I'm going to be on the road for two straight weeks, that's, I understand that that's part of my job, but that means that I'm going to need four days off when I get back to catch up on life, hang out with my kids, go on a date with my husband. Like we're not trained to say those kinds of things. 
and also there's not a lot of space for it in corporate America. You know, I think for sure we're at a tipping point to use that phrase with what people are expecting out of their jobs now. But for the longest, anyone who's in my age range of the 40s, uh, being 40 something who worked for corporate America, that was never a thing. But at the same time, I mean, he told me he wasn't going to tell me he loved me. And I still was like, okay, cool. So I still will marry you. That was a dumb decision on my part, you know? <laughs> also, you haven't asked me to marry you. So, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. So moving from that story back towards the entrepreneurs and, and creating connection for people because entrepreneurship is lonely. So, so on one side you have, you work for Brad or (laughs) you go into this field, which is really lonely and it's hard to find community and connection. And you've done a really good job on Fridays of creating these moments for connection and finding an opportunity for women specifically to come in and meet other women. India has benefited from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and actually our podcast benefited from that because we had an interview with Amanda Berg. And so I would love to hear a little bit about what you were, what your goal was to create on those Fridays and then tie that in. And you know, Amanda as well. So yeah. I'd love to hear more well, about it. Here's what I'm going to turn this around on you. India, give us a like quick how, like what happened with you and Amanda? Can you give that? Oh, story? Um, yeah, no, I had the opportunity to connect with her because I believe, I think you call it is follow Fridays or is this, Friday. yeah, yeah, follow Fridays. So it's this free meeting that you had set up where it's just an opportunity to network. And that's kind of what I absorbed from it. And so I was on there and I remember seeing her and she was sharing about Liberty type. And I, I thought, oh, she seems cool. I'm going to send her a message on Instagram because you know, that's what you do. You put yourself out there, you try. And we started talking and just kind of connecting. And it was this great, this great opportunity to figure out, okay, this is what she's doing. She's creating creative Liberty club. She's um, really pushing hard in the industry she's in. And I just thought I would love to have her on the podcast. And as we connected more, it just became this great relationship. And it was nice to see someone else who was pushing someone who understood in the world of marketing and who got it. And she was connecting with me because I worked alongside my husband and that was something that she didn't have. And we just kind of had a great conversation. It was good relationship, good everything. And so that was all because of entrepreneurs and really the, just the goal that you had, you had set you're like, Nope, this is what I want. I want community for women. And so it was just amazing to see me having lived through that experience. And now here we are. Oh, I love it. That makes me so happy. So good news. That's exactly what our goal was, (laughs) (laughs) is is just women need the opportunity to meet each other. And because of what we all have been through for the last few years, we've found the ability to do that virtually. And people are so much more comfortable with it Mm -hmm. than they used to be. Listen, Zoom is not my favorite. I actually cried over earlier today because I was having like some major Uh, technology issues with it. But there are great communities locally, like where people live. And you have to be willing to to go to those meetings or go to those lunches or, or whatever it is to meet those people. But you don't oftentimes have the opportunity to do that outside of your geographical area. So we just wanted to create a space that was virtual, that was doing the same thing. That's not a sales space. It's not, no one's there trying to close deals or 
make new, you know, customer, get new customers, but literally just a way that if you were walking into a meeting in your local area to meet other folks with the same, you know, who were looking for the same thing that we had that. The other thing is I would say nine and a half out of every 10 women I meet say I need community entrepreneur or not. They say I need community. It's one thing to be brave enough to say that. And then it's the second thing to be brave enough to put that out into the world and do something with it, right? So the women who show up to our Friday follows are doing just that. But the one India was on, we literally introduced ourselves where we lived, what our company was. And I think that one was the first woman who had really inspired us, Mm -hmm. right? Just as a conversation starter, there was no give us a sales pitch, (laughs) none of that. And I love so much that that's a way for me to get to know more women, to serve more women, because there's women who I don't know that are showing up to these. It's great. And then, you know, if somebody says to me, I need a copywriter, I know now that Amanda's business offers that service. So I can show her as a, as a recommendation, as a contact, but I also have now formed my hope and I have with her is have formed a, a relationship, right? That they're, I know something about her story. I know something about a woman who inspired her and what that means to her. So I know her as a human and not just as a business. And I think it can be really scary for people to show up to those kinds of things. So I'm hopeful that the more of them we do, the more women who are like, it's really pretty painless. You just show up, (laughs) say hi and introduce yourself. I will say though, as an entrepreneur, I have found that doing those is taking more time than I have. Um, that it just, it it was hard on my calendar. So we pulled back on them, but we think they're important. So we're looking for women who want to host them. So we've got the framework for the emails and the invites and all that stuff. But me committing every Friday at that time just was not happening with the kids ever fluctuating school schedules. So I think it's been a good lesson too, in addition to the community that it's helping, helping to create. I love that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is so great to have the the connection. And I personally love networking, but it takes a lot of investment and just like anything, it, you get out of it, what you put into it. And I think that if you can, if women are, are comfortable enough to go into that virtual space of the networking with people, it's such an easy connection point. There's no travel to and from. It's literally set up. It's 30 minutes on your calendar, right? You just got to book the 30 minutes. And yeah, I think you just, there's so much you can offer. And we try, we try really hard. We basically, what happened, what happened was we created this co-working space and it was based around the idea that people want it to be around a community while they were working. You know, when you leave your corporate job, like you leave everybody you had lunch with and talked about the bachelorette with, and who knew your kid was trying out for the tennis team. And y'all know a lot more about my life now. But there you go. <laughs> That's what you leave behind to generally speaking, working for yourself out of what is a, a, either your quiet home or a coffee shop or a co-working space where nobody talks to each other, right? You, you just like put in your things and you go in and whatever. So we had formed it with the idea of community. What we didn't understand though, was the impact that community could be having. So what we're offering now is taking what we've learned from the co-working space and applying it more globally. Hopefully I'd really love to get global with the women who are in this, in this Facebook group too. So we've got a Facebook group where the same thing is the same thing we're trying, we're, we're growing that we're cultivating it in there. 
It's fantastic. And I, I know that I've personally sent so many women your way mm-hmm. and I'm like, you need nice. to connect with these people. It's just been, it's been helpful. And everybody that I've sent your way is like, Hey, this is really cool. And mm-hmm. it's so it's really neat to see the impact that you're making on the scale that you are. So. Thank you. It's, um, it's hard. Uh, I've always been a behind the scenes person as a meeting planner. I always say I'm like Jennifer Lopez and the wedding planner. Oh I'm yeah. Always, <laughs> like that's how I explain what I've done. And we're always the ones in the back with, you know, like the little microphone, little earpiece and microphone and all the things. Since I have started Aught, I've had to be the face of it on social media. We've been very lucky with with the coverage that we've gotten on podcast and media, et cetera. But we've also been very, very lucky, and I will use the word blessed non-ironically, in the positive feedback that we get. What Aught is doing is making real change for people. It's it's causing real relationships and it's making real impact on businesses. Um, So we get a lot of that feedback and I'm not used to it. And I'm the recipient of it because I'm the face of it. This is my therapy moment for y'all. So I, we all consider ought to be her own person. Like every member of our co-working space considers ought to be her. Like she's her own avatar, her own person, all the things. That's why I say we, my husband's like, why do you always say we? Cause you're a single human. And I'm like, cause me <laughs> ought. Like the thing, right? <laughs> and I can't like sit here and accept compliments or like talk about myself in a real cool way. Um, I'll do it about all, all the live long day because I really believe she has done all these wonderful, wonderful things. So thank you for saying very nice things, Jay, but I'm just pushing it over here to my friend, Ott. <laughs> to your friend, Ott. Yeah. No, I think that's great. I love that you're referring to it as we, um, and, uh, and just, you know, people might think you're crazy, but then if they're bold enough that's to fine. ask, they'll find out that you're not crazy. And you're actually just really supportive of all the women that you support. Well, we do though. Also our community, like when I said we back in the day, three years ago, it, that was really, that was a little, like it was me and my friend. (laughs) But now like all of our members, uh, co-working and community, like everybody's just so invested in it that it really is, even though they're members of a company that I run, they are we like ought is a we <laughs> situation, you know, like it doesn't, one woman is having twins sometime in the next week or two. And those are all our babies. Like we have all grown those babies. <laughs> That's not, you know, or when somebody launches their business, like it just feels to everybody as though something wonderful has happened for themselves as, as a whole, as an entire body as well. So yeah, there is a we now there's a we. That's good. Entrepreneurial loneliness is real. And mm-hmm. especially, especially for women. And it's been, I mean, I look back on when we first started and he heard me say this countless times. I just wish I knew somebody that had been through this, that that could walk alongside of us, that could give wisdom and advice so that I didn't feel like we had to figure it out on our own. We had to, you know, take these steps in faith alone. Like it was terrifying. And especially when you're going from betting on an established business or company that you work for to betting on yourself, to putting food on the table and then take it another further step to where you have to feed children (laughs) and you've got to, you know, provide and you've got to make sure that they're okay. And it doing all of that in a very lonely environment 
with people who think you're crazy and who doubt you and say you should get a real job anytime you express any sort of fear, concern, or negativity. Like, it's just, it's hard. I mean, sometimes you just want to have a pity party with somebody who gets it. Like, it's not that. <laughs> sometimes you can be like, listen to what this client did. And I just, I can't with the Karen, right? Like, you just want to be <laughs> yeah. able to say that. But, and I'm somebody who probably would just get on social media and say it because I'm like transparent to a fault. But <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just want to do that. You know, I will say when I was considering going out on my own, I was like, but you know, there's no steady paycheck, yada, yada. And my husband, we lived in perpetual fear at that particular company that we would just get like canned on any what day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, I mean, it's not like you don't live in fear of losing the paycheck every day anyway. I was like, good one, honey. He's real. He's very smart. <laughs> uh, but yeah, some, it's like, I mean, it's the same as parenthood, right? Like mm-hmm. when you have kids, all of a sudden you're in charge of these humans and you're supposed to keep them alive. And so you do that by leaning on the generations before you or leaning in on your friends who've had kids or a variety of ways, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as entrepreneurship. You are literally like creating another living thing that you have to keep alive. And so you need to look, you need to lean into the generations before you and your friends who've done it before and your family who's done it before. The entrepreneurship journey is pretty much the same for everybody. And I don't mean their experience is the same, but the journey of starting and hurdles and obstacles and success and growth or whatever the opposite of growth is, um, you know, like that journey tends to be the same. So all of us are on the same journey. We're all just at different points. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you look back if you're on, you know, step 47, why wouldn't you tell a person on step 12, what's between steps 12 and 47? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's my, like, why would you not do that? I just, I believe so much in the ripple effect um, of what you're doing, rippling into others. Um, and that's, what community is. If you are saying, you know what, here is, here's my community. Please come join us. We'd love to have you. We think we can support you. All that's going to do is either they're going to join your community, be supported, and then they're going to do the same for the next person, or they're going to be like, I'm good. But probably the next time they have an opportunity to provide community for somebody, something that we said to them is going to click and they're going to do it, you know? So just the more we show it and break that taboo of, you know, saying things that people don't say out loud, the better it's going to be for our kids and for their kids and on, you know, ripple effect. Well, and speaking to that too, I think culturally we have a tendency to be very uh, quiet and closed off, not just because it's taboo, but because of competition. And Mm -hmm. so you go to the corporate ladder side of things And, you know, you're taught that the person right next to you is fighting for your position. And so you and us, we do very similar things in, you know, helping coach entrepreneurs, but the people that I serve are not going to be the same people that you serve. Mm -hmm. And so even though we do the same thing, one, there are more than enough people for both of us to serve (laughs) Two. (laughs) two i'm not going to do a very good job of just serving female entrepreneurs nope (laughs) like like i'm not going to be able to have that business model and And he's like yeah no that's not your your (laughs) (laughs) and so so it's it's so interesting because because as 
you know, as just someone that's grown up in life is you're kind of taught that like, no, Erica's Erica's the bad guy, right? Like she's doing the same. Yeah, that's your, that's your competition. Yeah. Don't be friends with her because what if she takes some of your clients? Well, if they're a better fit for Erica, then that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But what if Jay and India aren't bad guys? What if I can learn things from them? What if I can make additional connections through them? What if, what if, what if, what if, right? Like, why would you burn bridges ahead of time? You know, if I wanted to serve every female entrepreneur in the world and I didn't want anybody else to do that, even if I had a genie that granted me that wish, that would be such a curse because then the whole point of starting my company to spend time with my family would be gone because I would be busy serving 4 billion people, right? Like you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I'm a lot like, I mean, I'm fast (laughs) and I'm loud and I really, I just, I'm like GSD all day, every day. Right. It's not good for some people. Some people are like, you scare me. And so they don't want to work with me, but you know what? They still need a coach. (laughs) So that's fine. I'm not right for them, but I guarantee you, if I'm not right for them, I will 100% be giving them recommendations for who is right for them because it doesn't take away from me. They were going to join me and then they were going to fail because the vibe wasn't going to be there. Right. Or I, or what I didn't have expertise in what they needed, even though they thought they wanted to work with this kind of crazy, you know? And so the (laughs) only thing that's going to do is they're going to go to somebody else. They're going to get the connection that they need. And then later on, maybe when their company is a little bit larger or is in a different space or has different needs, then maybe that's when they need me, you know, like nobody ever got hurt by giving away, you know, a potential customer. You just, it, it does not injure you at all. No, so there. no. And, and you, that other person's able to serve them better. And it, it creates a lot of rapport for you to be able to recommend them to the right person. And so and it gives me somebody to sit around and have a pity party with if I need to, right? Like, so exactly. now, now I don't have a competitor. Now I've got a friend. Now I can say, Hey, such and such program is like really stressing me out. Help me sit down and figure out how to do this. Or what is going on with stories today and why can't I fix it? You know, like all that has done is give me another connection. Whereas they could have just been a competitor that I never would have interacted with. I feel very, very strongly about that. (laughs) Strongly about this. It's amazing. So Erica, you just finished up your retreat. You just launched coaching and you have the Facebook group. How do people find you? Yeah. So I am on the socials all day, all day, every day. We are at entrepreneurs.com on uh, Instagram and on Facebook. And then that will lead you to our website where you can find all things coaching, community, and co-working. So we've got two offices in Knoxville. If you're in Knoxville, we'd love to have you. Or if you're traveling through, we'd love to have you. We also have real hopes of having uh, physical locations, other co-working locations elsewhere in the United States. And we are open for franchising, like all the 89 page paperwork stuff is done too. So if that sounds like something you'd like to have in your city, I'd love to hear from you on that. We will have another retreat um, that will be in January or February. Dates are not quite set for that yet. And then we will have another coaching cohort starting probably again at the same time as the retreats. So January or February, and depending on when you may be watching this, um, we may still have a spot left in coaching. So if that is something that you are interested in, it's six women for six months and we meet weekly. And uh, I just cannot be more excited about being able to serve women in this way. So just drop us an 
an email if you're interested in that. That's amazing. And I want to go back before we close out, I want to go back and key in on something that Erica said was that they have franchising opportunities available for the co-working spaces. So if you are looking to uh, empower the female entrepreneurs in your area and you need a co-working space, maybe you need an office and you think it'd be really cool to have an office with other women that come in and have co-working space with you. Um, talk to reach out to Erica and talk to her because what they are doing is changing the world and uh, it's going to be a really cool thing to be a part of. Mm-hmm. One community at a time, one woman, one community, right? That's amazing. Yeah. Well, Erica, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure having you for one of our episodes and we're so excited to get to work with you and continue building a relationship with you in the future. All right. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. Marketing Breakthrough is a community of entrepreneurs with a vision of creating meaningful, sustainable businesses that allow freedom, fun, and adventure in their lives. Time is the only resource you can't get more of, so we believe in finding a way to achieve our entrepreneurial dreams with freedom in mind. We've designed this resource hub of tools, tricks, and techniques to grow your business and live the life that you set out to create.